Hey everybody, before we get started with this episode, we have a really cool announcement to make. Uh, for people who've been following along with our Patreon announcements and our bonus episodes, we've been working on a second show called Solve This Murder. Solve This Murder involves uh, the Murder Mysteries, which you may have heard already as our bonus episode, where Danny creates murder mystery stories, whodunits, that I solve as the detective. For the format of this show, the mysteries are released episodically and you can email in your guesses as the episodes progress to try and solve this murder. That is now out. That is com- that is re- ready to go. It is released. We did a sort of soft launch earlier that you may have seen on social media, so you may have already listened to it. But if not, it should be out now on iTunes and, and on Stitcher and on pretty much any app you want. I don't know yet about Spotify, but you should be able to just search Solve This Murder and it'll pop up and you can start listening. The episodes will release every Friday, uh, though if you're American, that's probably a Thursday night for you. Uh, So get listening. I hope you enjoy it. And this is a big new thing for us. So if you can, spread the word. You may have friends who aren't so much into escape rooms, but do like mystery whodunit or true crime. This is actually fake crime, but that's fine. So tell them about the show. We would absolutely love to see people spreading the word. Uh, we're on Twitter. You can you can find us there, Solve This Murder. So tag us there on Instagram. Tell your friends, tell family, tell everybody. And really, let's try and get this show started with a bang. It would mean a huge amount to us if we could find a lot of support there. If you've reviewed Escape This Podcast already, go listen to Solve This Murder and leave a review over there. Uh, There'll be links in the show notes for you to follow as well, or you can just search for it online. I really hope you enjoy it, but of course, take some time, give yourself an hour and a bit, wait, and listen to this fantastic room that Jen wrote for us. This is a really, really fun room. There's lots of cool shenanigans going on. It's. Uh, I hope you really enjoy it because I really enjoyed listening back to it for this edit. It's great fun. So enjoy this room and then go and find Solve This Murder and give that a listen. I really hope you enjoy it. All right, guys. See ya. Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. We are at episode 10. We're almost finished. Five. We're almost done. We're I, almost done. I didn't everybody. have to do anything. <laughs> uh, so we are still going on and off between Danny's rooms and guest rooms. It's not over yet, so don't you worry, because this episode we have a... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. I'm gonna, I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to say fantastic room... <laughs> Uh, written for us by a puzzle designer, a room designer. You may have played some of her rooms at conventions if you've been to certain puzzle conventions in America. It's Jen McTague. Hi, Jen. Hi. Uh, how are you? How are you going? Uh, doing really well. This is. I'm so excited right now. Now, oh, from sorry. what I understand, this room has been played and play tested. It sounds like to death. Are you sick of it yet? No, because people keep doing new things to the room, and it's bizarre how many new things people keep doing. So, <laughs> I'm very interested to talk about that afterwards, after we're finished. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Stay tuned for podcast This Escape next week. Exactly. Uh, so you ran you you wrote this room for uh, for a convention recently. Do you want to say what like how that all came about and how that happened? Yeah, so um, I've been going to uh, National Puzzlers League convention in uh, the U.S. for uh, three years, and every year I've been bringing an escape room with me. 
Um, and this year I didn't have time to make a uh, physical escape room um, like I usually do. I usually bring like, a suitcase filled with objects that come out. Um, but since I didn't have time to do it this year, getting married and all that, um, I made a audio one uh, in the vein of Escape This Podcast. Which is good because I usually listen to, I usually binge listen to Escape This Podcast while making the escape rooms. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, easy. Man, that sounds like it would be really confusing. Um, <laughs> but by the time that I'm actually physically making the objects, I know the puzzle uh, so well. Oh, yeah. That, like, okay. Uh, and you're saying uh, you ran it for what, 16 different groups at the convention? Yeah, 16 different groups um, went through uh, with lots of variety of strengths of solvers and variety of numbers of people. And uh, everybody got out. So I have high hopes. Excellent. Uh, we're going we're gonna to blow them out of the water. We've done 10 minutes tops. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yay. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know how to, they don't know how to check the door. They, they all waited, <laughs> they waited two hours while checking the door. We'll be fine. Um, I mean, we've, some, been told, some, we've been told not to draw a rectangle. There might, there might not, be, not a be a door. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, oh, wonderful! Well, that's really cool. Um, I hope everybody who played the game is now a subscriber and Patreon donor to the podcast. <laughs> I, I, so I did spend at the beginning of every one saying, uh, if people have not listened to Escape This Podcast, you need Aww. to start listening to it. So you know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a surprising number of people at this convention who already were listening and who've been patreon named donors ah, like, in episodes cool. already. although it's also not fun. hugely surprising i feel like the puzzles league conventions that's are kind our of demographic, our demographic. <laughs> so, it's true uh that's really cool now we've actually uh just as a fun fact that no one listening at home will know we've played one of your puzzles in the past before mm. we had a long oh, sort of facebook right. chat uh, you just sort of messaged us on Facebook and we, and we started talking about uh, a really fun puzzle that you designed. Was that, I can't remember what that was for. I mean, maybe it was for this it was, it last was, year. It was for know. a present it, of some sort. It was, it was for the escape room that I ran before this one. Um, it yeah. was part of the, the Jeopardy escape room for people who know that. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a puzzle type that you had mentioned in one of your, in the puzzle design podcast after Children of Mysaurus. Um, mm. And then I, it was good because, as I said, I binge listened to these while while putting them together, putting the stuff together, and I was missing a puzzle. And so I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you mentioned this puzzle type. This is the puzzle I'm missing. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. See, we can be helpful. We can help people. <laughs> uh, awesome. That was and that, that that was a lot of fun. So I've got my expectations really high. So <laughs> excellent. Uh, I, I really enjoyed doing that. I went back and I read over that, mm. that conversation recently. It was good fun. Mm. Um, all right. Well, I think we're probably good on our end. Uh, just before we start, we always ask the same two questions to people who come on the show. Uh, so uh, what is your escape room experience? Um, so I don't have the giant list of spreadsheets of, of escape rooms that a lot of other people uh, I've seen have had. But um, I've done uh, like... I've gone to like 10 to 12 ish and I've, uh, this is the third escape room that I've written. Um, but in those 10 to 12 ish, the fun part about that is that I'm a teacher and I often take groups of students to escape rooms, um, which makes it way more interesting. (laughs) Yeah. You'll see a different side of them. Oh yeah. (laughs) Escape rooms are a really interesting sort of thing in the world where a lot of people who are doing really cool stuff in terms of escape rooms, 
Escape Room Design, and I'm going to include us in this as people doing really cool stuff in that yeah, vein, okay. totally. have done a dozen rooms. It's Imagine true. if people were like, oh, we're all real film buffs. I've watched seven films. <laughs> like, it would be really strange. But for Escape Rooms, it's true. Like, there are some really talented, amazing people designing stuff and being and like talking about escape rooms and they've played I mean we've only played you know a dozen rooms or so we've designed you've almost designed 50 but uh you may have already designed 50 by the time this is out I'm not sure mm. um I think last episode may have I been would your 50th hope room so. but uh it's just a really interesting thing that's right? true I hadn't thought and of it like that it's it's interesting for me because like so you know I'm a I'm a teacher plus I have you know other hobbies um uh, but like, so going to escape rooms are a little bit tricky because you have, I mean, you have to do all the planning out and have the, the time there. Whereas yeah. designing them, oftentimes I'm just like, you know, in the middle of like, I'm supposed to be paying attention in a meeting or something. And I suddenly like come up with these ideas and have to write them down. And like, you know, so I progressively make them over the course of like days or, or weeks in just like free time that I have. So it's actually easier to, to sneak that in. Definitely. Mm. It feels like it's, it feels like what it must have felt like to be a video game designer in like the late seventies. Like I've played <laughs> Pong and I've played space invaders. I'm good. I'm going to design 10 games that are completely different genres. Like it's just, yeah. it's just a weird sort of time. Uh, sorry. We could have had that discussion in the post show, but we've had it now. Uh, so uh, following on from that, uh, this is, Escape rooms mixed with tabletop role-playing elements. What's your tabletop role-playing experience? Um, so I've been uh, heavily involved with the Pathfinder Society organized play campaign. So lots of Pathfinder. Oh, I've, cool. I've uh, run almost yeah. 500 games in it and played another like 300. So, Jeez. Yeah. Um, I said heavily involved. Um, <laughs> Did uh, you I, homebrew those or were they pre-done? Uh, so pre-existing ones. The organized play campaign uses um, pre-existing ones. The idea right. being that you can take your character it from Philly and then go play that same character in Providence and then go play that same character in Indianapolis and the rules gotcha. are the same everywhere. Um, I got known for liking to travel to places and running certain series, so I got to play in a lot of places. Nice. Well, let's get all of the, the Paizo community to listen to this show. Let's design, let's design Pathfinder. Let's call Jason Bullman and design some <laughs> Pathfinder escape rooms just for Pathfinder. Well, this was... Let's do it. This was almost a Pathfinder uh, adventure, but that sounds like a, a oh. thing for a different episode of the show. Yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely talk about that uh, in the follow-up. Uh, but no time for more pre-follow-up. We should get going. Yeah. Uh, yep. If you're this. ready, Jen... Yep. Uh, we can start. Okay, so um, uh, two uh, just little um, lead-in things um, as we're starting. The first is that um, while this follows most of the normal rules of um, an escape room, this does have a little bit of controlled breaking. It should hopefully be very obvious Woo. when you need to do that. Cool. The uh, second thing is when you walk into the first room, don't make it take up the entire size of the paper. <laughs> gotcha. Let's start with three facts about Lovecraft. One, he was incredibly racist, even for his time period. Two, the locations he wrote about were often real places, even if the events that happened at them weren't entirely real. You can find some of the houses he wrote about today still intact. Three, he invited other writers to write his mythos, and many of the things that we think of today that are Lovecraftian were actually written by other people. 
The first fact isn't relevant to this room, but it's worth bringing up every time Lovecraft is mentioned. The other two, however, <laughs> are the ideas about which this room is based on. Being mythos readers yourselves, you've read many different stories written by many different authors, but one of the authors who you've always felt drawn towards was Dr. Carmen Martin. She wrote stories in the late 60s before mysteriously disappearing in 1969. She was a botanist by trade, and because, that, because of that, alien plants often featured heavily in her stories. You suspected that the main character was a self-insert, but that didn't stop you from enjoying her books. The last book that Dr. Martin wrote was published posthumously. She was working on a story called The Eldritch Garden, a story where the protagonist is watching a very secretive person bring in weirder and weirder items to a walled-off garden. The protagonist almost drives herself insane thinking about all of the po different possibilities that her quarry could be doing in there. After tons of speculation, the protagonist finally decides to go in the garden. And that's where the book stops. The internet is split on whether that was the intended ending of the book, something that the entire point was to make your mind run wild with possibilities, and that Dr. Martin never wanted to confirm any one possibility. Some others think that she had some awesome ending and just never got to write it. But nobody knows, as Dr. Martin disappeared, and she's not telling. While planning a trip to New England, you find the building that Dr. Martin was writing about in the Eldritch Garden. You don't expect to find anything there, but on a lark, you decide to make a stop and visit it. When you get there, you find the building, just as she described it in her book. You step into the vestibule and cross your way to the other door to enter into the garden when you hear the door close and lock behind you. Well, that's weird. No one else was around. <laughs> Looking around the vestibule, it looks fairly bare. The opposite door has a fancy plaque that reads, There is no time like the present. It appears locked with a four-digit combination lock. There is a small table in the northeast corner with a wooden box on it. But most prominently, there is a dead body slumped in the southwest corner. Oh. <laughs> well, that's ominous. Hopefully you can get out of here before the same has happened to you. All right. Uh, so just, just to recap, we have a door opposite us that says there is no time like the present. It's mm -hmm. got a four-digit combo lock. There is yep. a table in the northeast corner. With yep. a wooden box on it. With a wooden box on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, we came in through a door, Yep. I guess, in the south. Uh, yes. It's now locked. And there's a dead body in the middle or off to the left? or Southwest corner. It doesn't really matter hugely. But... No. Uh, shall we go look at the body? Well, I mean, I'm very conflicted because on the one <laughs> hand, yes, but on the other hand, I'm a human being who probably should... Look at the door I came through Let's first. Let's check the door. Can we check the door that we came through first? Yes, you can check the door you came through first, um, and it appears locked, which is really weird, as there's no actual locking mechanism on this door. It should not be locked, and yet you just can't open it. Mm -mm. What a waste of time, Danny. We could have been looking <laughs> at this dead body the whole time. All right, all right. Maybe <laughs> go it's look got the, the magic key. The body looks like it has decomposed a lot like it's been dead a while. It's not recognizable anymore, but the lab coat that it is wearing says Dr. Martin. The lab coat oh, has a pocket uh. watch in it, which still works, displaying the current time. The glasses on her face look expensive and shiny. Glasses, uh, lab coat. What was, was there something? Pocket watch. Pocket watch. Which will be good because the other door does indeed say no time like the present. Ooh, nice. So I feel like we can use that. That said, I wouldn't mind going and checking out this wooden box first. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else? Oh, that's oh good point. She, she had shiny glasses as well. That's true. Oh, I would love yep. to take the shiny glasses. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the shiny glasses on. I figure if it's decomposed, we can't be accused of murder by tampering with the body. No, exactly. exactly. Unless we turn the body into a sturdy pair of walking shoes. Because <laughs> what? Because it's Doc Martin. Oh, it's Doc Martin. Yeah. I see. That was weird. Yeah, I, I could see that it was going to be weird. But it's because they're Doc Martens. Okay. Um, okay. I take first, the, first thing in the morning humor is. I take, I take Doc Martens glasses mm-hmm. and I put them on my head. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, you have them on your head. I do you that. You look through and it looks like you're, you know, the weirdness you get when you look through someone else's prescription. <laughs> of course. Uh, d- does anything look weirdly different? Is nope. the door open when I have the glasses and, on? <laughs> and everything looks the same. It just gives you a slight headache. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I put them up on top of my head, so I don't have to look through them. Is, uh, there... is there anything else in the lab coat pockets if we rifle through? Uh, nope. The only only things you can find are the pocket watch and those glasses that are now on your head. Lovely. Uh, do we want to look at the pocket watch? Like, oh, yeah, we might up? as well. Let's Let's take a look at the pocket watch. Uh, sure. You take a look at the pocket watch. Uh, you hear it ticking. It still seems to be working. Uh, it currently says that it is nine thirty-five. Ooh. Cool. So we could, if we wanted to, try like oh nine oh nine three five or something in the door. We could. But let's go to the box. Like okay. you, like you stopped me from doing ah. multiple times. Yeah. Let's take a look at this wooden box. Uh, so taking a look at the wooden box, it just looks like it has a simple clasp on the front, completely uh, unlockable, um, hmm. openable. So you just open it up. And inside there are small pebbles that are covered in tarnished silver. Uh, there looks like there's hundreds of them in the box. Interesting. Silver pebbles. And is the table it's on anything interesting, or is it just a pedestal for a box? It is just a pedestal for a box. Cool. <laughs> cool. All uh, right. Well. Do you want to just try? I guess we go up to the door and we try out 0935 on its combination. Uh, so funny story, that doesn't work. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's any time other than the present, because it's no time like the present. <laughs> so you can put in any code other than zero nine three five. I put in zero nine three zero. That doesn't also not work. <laughs> All right, good. That was a bit of a wild theory. Are we at night? Uh, oh no, it is morning. Oh, okay, <sighs> so it's not whatever that would be. Mm-hmm. Twenty one. Is is the pocket watch mm-hmm. set to like? Do we have another timekeeping device that that indicates what the actual time is? Eh, yeah, let's. You would have. Your you phones have the on power. You, you can say. Yeah. You can say no if you want. No, that's fine. You you would probably have your phones on you, right? If you were just walking yeah. around. So yeah. So um, yeah, you can open up the pocket watch and open up your phone, and they appear to say the same time. Right now, they both say okay. nine thirty-seven. All right. I wondered if we'd just taken a bit too long. Oh, can we just go to the door and put in whatever it currently says on the on the pocket yes. watch? Like zero nine three seven. Yes, you can put it, you you put in zero nine three seven and you hear a click as the door opens. Cool. I wondered <laughs> if checking out the box had made a minute pass. I like that. Um, okay, so the door clicks. Open. I take the box with us. That's reasonable. You, the door clicks open and you see a garden ahead of you underneath a giant glass dome. Directly ahead of you, you see a small greenhouse with glass walls. And behind that, there is a larger greenhouse peeking over the top of the smaller one. Both of the greenhouses look like they are filled with overgrown plants. Walking around, in between the two greenhouses, you see that there is a sundial 
and a small mound of plant matter with an apple tree growing on top of it. Each of the four walls of the garden has three flower pots adjacent to it, only some of which have plants. The south wall is made of brick and contains the door you just walked through. The other side of the door, the side that was facing the garden, also says there is no time like the present, and also has a four-digit combination lock. But looking at it, it seems like it goes to the same mechanism and the door is just unlocked and you don't need to do anything. So this is the door we came through. It has the same message exactly. above it from the other side. Okay. Yep. The east wall is entirely a solid metal plate. Looks like it's steel. The north wall is made of brick and contains a cubby at the top, far out of reach. The west wall is the weirdest, looking like it was made of some shimmering purple liquid. It's almost like you could, like, stick stuff in it. Weird. Indeed. How eldritch. And that's it. That's what you see. Okay, I do. I do love. It. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's this is kind of classic. You just did this when we played the witch's room. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, there's like a greenhouse, a sundial, an apple tree. Oh, there's sort of like a brick wall. Oh, you see pot plants everywhere. Oh, it's kind of a metal wall. Oh yeah, another brick wall and a giant sheet of purple liquid <laughs> in the just acting like a wall magically and mystically. So there you are. That's what you see. <laughs> Uh, okay, Danny, what, what do you want to look at? I want to look at... Well, okay, look, I want to look at the purple shimmering wall. I do not want to touch the purple shimmering wall. Let's look I at it. I do not want to run headfirst into what I assume is a giant teleporting wall. That's fair. So um, you can take a look at the wall and basically imagine that somebody took a lake, colored it purple, and then stuck it on its side. You know, just like, <laughs> you know, slowly moving liquid, you know, as it kind of just ripples along. Um, but it doesn't seem to be like dropping or anything. It's not like a waterfall. It's just mm. I've just written side like. Can I take one of our silver pebbles and Ooh. throw it at the As- purple? Absolutely. Um, so you can throw the the tarnished silver pebble at the um, at the wall, and as it goes through, you hear a sickening sound, um, and the the pebble causes ripples in the uh, water. Um, but it goes through. It, as far as you can mm-hmm. see, it seems fine until it obviously is covered with the, the opaque purple liquid. And the ripples spell out? <laughs> uh, they spell out red herring in Morse code. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'm going to take the charge, Danny. Oh, okay. Keep th- taking us around. I'm All just right. here to make dumb jokes. Let's take a look at the small greenhouse. Is there a way that we can get further into that greenhouse. So uh, looking around the small greenhouse, uh, you see that there is a door. On the door, there is a combination lock with three dials. Um, However, you can't actually read anything that's on the dials or anything else that's on the lock because it is so scratched that any words or letters or numbers that were on the lock are completely off. Uh, in fact, you can turn the dials and see that all the the whatever was on the dials is now is no longer there. Um, Interesting. Well, that's difficult. Searching around the the small greenhouse, though, if you're look, looking for ways to get in. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. While there's a lot of plants growing around on the inside, like on the inside wall, there's enough spots open that you can see inside, um, and you'll notice two things. The first is is that at the back. On the wall across from the door, um, you'll see that there is a book. Uh, This book looks like a a large, uh, old coffee table book 
but as if it was uh, cover, covered in leather. And you don't see any title or anything on the bindings, but this old dusty leather book. Uh, but in between the door and the book, planted into the ground, there is hmm. the most ferocious-looking Venus flytrap that you have ever seen. Um, yeah. It's big. The little it looks like it's almost got teeth coming in the you know on its on the its lips, um, and it looks like it's way more agile than you would expect of any Venus flytrap. Triffids. I was going for feed, Miss Seymour. Well, later. All right. Well, uh, so if we can get in, the, we it's may gonna, not want it's to. It's going to eat us before we can get to the book. So maybe we need some Venus flytrap spray. Cool. Do you want to keep looking around? Yep, absolutely. Can you take charge for a second? I'm drawing a Venus flytrap. Yeah, of course. Well, we've looked at the little greenhouse. Why don't we have a look at the big greenhouse behind it? This larger greenhouse is so overgrown with plants that there's not even the space, like in the smaller greenhouse, you can you can see through. Um, but you do notice it has a door. Uh, the door is locked with a six-digit combination lock. Um, looking at closely at the lock, you'll notice that in between the second and third dials, there are two dots carved into the metal. Uh, in between the fourth and fifth dials, there are the same two dots, one on top of the other. So sorry. So it's there's six different dials, mm-hmm. and there and between which? What was the first one? Between the th- second and third dials, there are those two, two dots, dots yeah. one on top of the other. And the same thing between the the fourth and the or the the fifth, fourth and the fifth. Yes, fourth and the fifth. Cool. So that's starting to look almost like a time. Oh, you were going a time? I was going could, a date. Well, could, oh, well, it's just because there's two dots. looks like a colon. Yeah. You don't use oh, colon yeah, you slashes, slashes, don't you? Yeah, so true, it could true. Be like, because I've written like vertical lines to represent the dials, ah. like I'm, I'm picturing it like a, like a, like a cryptex style thing with dials left to right. Oh, um, fair enough, fair enough. It start, to me right now, it looks like 11, 11, 11. But we do have on this side of the room as well, it does say there's no time like the mm. present. Uh, so maybe we need to do something that also gets us like seconds or or something other. But that could might be, help us. could be. But um, in the meantime, oh, and I'd also just quickly like to point out uh, uh, that book. That's definitely human leather. How does this keep happening in, human, our, in our rooms? <laughs> when was the last time we mentioned human leather? I don't know. Was it in one of our rooms or was it in our tabletop campaign? I can't remember. No, something. No, it comes up leather. a lot. You definitely mentioned it in one of the Patreon ones. <laughs> I definitely okay. remember this discussion. Oh. Was it was it in a was it in a murder mystery? That feels like where we'd start to mention human leather. Oh my god. <laughs> well, it's uh, human leather. Anyway. Um, Alright. Should we take a look at some of the you know, the actual items, like say the sundial? Yeah, let's have a look at the sundial. That has time relations. The sundial looks more precise than you would expect a sundial to be. Just looking at it, it looks like it can tell the time down to the minute. Uh currently uh, it's saying that it's uh nine fifty six. Oh, this is just the current time. That makes things easy. <laughs> like, actually the current time. All right. Okay, so we've got a sundown. Now, that's down to the minute, not down to the second. Yes. So it doesn't Correct. get us. But it could almost get us. Well, if we if we do it in the next few minutes, it'll get us a three-digit combo for the small door. <laughs> but if we wait too long, it'll become a four-digit combo. We'll be stuck forever. <laughs> but how do you know it's digits? We That's don't. True. Um, maybe we need some like, maybe it's not scratched enough away to do like we can do like a charcoal rubbing of the digits. Oh, maybe. Um, okay, so 
We've still got like two walls, to, well, kind of three walls, but really two walls to look at. We've still got the walls, the plants. And the apple tree. And the cubby that's very uh, high up. Oh, and a cubby. Do you want to check out the api, ap, api yeah, tree? Yeah, let's look <laughs> at the apple tree. So The um, api trappy. So taking a look at the apple tree, uh, it looks like a fairly knotty tree, um, but it doesn't look too unusual. But then you see an apple fall off of it. And then another oh. one. And then another oh, one. Oh. And <laughs> quicker succession than you would expect. Um, but when the apples fall from the tree, you you can look and, uh, you know, if apples are falling down this quickly, there should be in a giant pile at the bottom, right? But you go mm. down and look, and when they fall, they hit the mound of plant matter underneath, and the mound of plant matter just sucks them in. Ooh. Staring at the apples themselves as they're falling down for a moment, you recognize that there is a pattern in how they're falling. Uh, the tree drops a green apple every eight seconds, a red apple every five seconds, and a yellow apple every nine seconds. Okay, so green every eight seconds, red every five seconds, yellow every nine seconds. Does it look like this tree is at risk of losing all its apples? or um, Kind of looking up at the tree to see, you know, it's going to lose all of them. Yeah, uh, it looks like uh, you catch an apple just suddenly starting to form and quickly forming mm. over the course of a minute before it falls. It's a magic tree. Surprise, surprise. Magic tree. Magic okay, tree. those uh, numbers are good. They are more numbers. Yep. There are times associated with them. Mm-hmm. I like this. I'm sure we can use this at some what happens, point. Okay, I'm scared. What happens if we try and, like, stick our hands into no, the pile? Don't, we've, got, the mound? we've got a thing of magic silver. All right, fine. Throw, to throw, throw it a, stuff. Let's throw a pebble in there. And see, so throw a... Uh, a silver pebble at it, and it, it just you would expect because it's filled the the mound of plant matter just has a bunch of vines and leaves, and so it should be fairly soft and just land in there or get sucked in like the apples. But instead, it bounces off as if you had thrown the pebble against concrete, and it just rolls <laughs> down onto the ground. All right, well we didn't lose that one at least. No, um, I'm going to throw a green pebble every eight seconds. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've looked at. Uh, do you want to have a look up at this cubby on the back wall? Yeah. Is there anything else interesting on the back wall? Obviously, it's got there's plants on it, but let's ignore those. Um, anything else interesting about about the back wall other than the cubby in the high up area? I mean, it looks like it's made out of fairly old brick, but other than that, yeah. Um, All right. Cool. Yeah, you see the cubby itself um, looks like it's about twenty twenty five feet off the ground. Um, so it's really hard to see into it without gaining any sort of elevation. Yeah, I can imagine. All right, in that case, I feel like beyond how, the... Oh, I was going to say, how high is the tree or the greenhouse? That's fair. Yeah, how high does the greenhouse itself go? Uh, the, back the, greenhouse, one? It's, the back greenhouse doesn't seem like it, it will go up nearly enough, but the apple tree does mm. seem like it is... Uh, ah. Could we climb the apple tree? Yeah, you could uh-huh. totally climb the apple tree. Uh, so I climbed the apple tree. Climbing the apple tree, taking care to avoid the hot spots where apples keep growing. You can look in and you see that inside the cubby, there is a nest. And Aww. that nest appears to have a small bird in it. Uh, looking closely at the bird, um, at least as close as you can get from the significant horizontal distance between you and the yes. cubby. Yeah. Um, you, it looks like it may be some sort of magpie. Which would explain the reason why the nest seems like it's filled with shiny things. Um, In particular, at the front of the nest, you can see fairly prominently, there is a big marker with a silver label with some writing on it, but you can't read it from this distance. I I hold out one of the silver pebbles. 
in my hand? Uh, the um, magpie uh, doesn't seem to be paying much attention to you from this distance. Also, that petal yeah. is fairly tarnished. Ah, I throw it at the magpie. No, I ah. that's rude. Um, okay. Um, Shall we start looking at some of the plants? Yeah. Or well, do you want to have a look at what the metal wall looks like first? Just oh, in okay, case there's so- anything interesting about that. Like, it has a message saying, to eat magpies, first um, tarnish a pebble. Uh, no, so taking a look at the um, at this, uh, <laughs> no? it looks like it. <laughs> really? <laughs> it looks like it's just a fairly solid wall of steel and not much else. What if I dunk on it? What if I, I was going to dunk on hand? it? <laughs> dunk. Um, yeah, you could try that. Uh, it makes a little bit of vibration, but it doesn't feel like it's hollow or anything behind it. I feel like we're lucky that it didn't suck us in. <laughs> True. Oh yeah, there's still that purple liquid, like. Mm. Um, well, let, do you want to start checking out the, the three yeah. pot plants on each wall? Yeah, okay. While we're over at the steel wall, let's check out the three pot plants that are closest to it. On those three pot plants, um, you'll see that uh, only one of them contains any plant at all. The other two um, don't have a plant, although they do have soil in them. On the northernmost pot out of the three, you'll see there's a small bush. Now, you don't recognize the bush off the, the top of your head, but whoever planted this uh, did you the favor of taking the seed packet attaching it to a popsicle stick and pushing it into the uh, nice. uh, plant so you can identify it. According to this seed packet, this is called the minute greenberry bush, which would explain green. all the green berries on it. <laughs> Did you say the bottom two didn't have plants? They were just Correct. soil? Yeah. Ooh, okay, that's interesting. I'm thinking. That says minute. Yep. Like a okay, minute. a minute. So maybe and minutes green, is. I think that's going to be related. Eight. So you reckon it could be with it's eight minutes. I maybe I think that something along these lines. I think I think we're building to All right, something. Well, let's look at the ones on the south wall. So on the south wall, uh, this the middle pot, um, the one right next to the door, um, uh, contains uh, according to its seed packet the hourglass cactus. Yeah. Is that a certain color? Those the cactus? Nope. Okay. And the other two are just soil as well? Exactly. And on the left wall, next to the creepy, creepy lake that I refuse to look at? On the left wall, the southernmost pot contains the second fiddle shrub. So it seems like we maybe lost some of the colour connection. Because that doesn't have, like, yellow berries all over it, right? Nope. That's true. Okay, so fine. Maybe it's not the colours. But there is still, like, a placement-y sort of thing to it as well. Uh, and what about on the north wall? Were, three, were there three pots on the north wall? Uh, yeah, there are three pots on the north wall. Um, they uh, None of them contain any plants, although if you take a closer look at them, the one uh, the one in the middle, directly underneath the uh, cubby, um, has a has the number 12 carved into the back side of it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we weren't looking too closely at anything, but that's the only pot that has oh, yeah. something carved on it. Have, yep. have numbers carved in the back? All right, and if we have a quick cursory dig through some of these empty soil ones, do we find anything buried in them? Nope, just empty soil. Cool. What if we plant a tarnished pebble in every single one? Then you put rocks in soil to the normal consequence of that. We're going to grow a rock tree. (laughs) You Um, are one of those children. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, so we're clearly on to something with these. Yeah, we've got an hour, seconds, minutes. An hour, second. One of them is in the topmost, one of them is in the middle, one of them is the southest, and then there's a 12 in the middle. Okay. These are things. 
Mm. Yeah, there was that slight green to green connection, but that doesn't hold up for the red and the yellow. No. We've kind of looked at everything here, haven't we? Okay. So, so we've well, got stuff to solve stuff. So so this, if, if there's any connection, right, it looks like maybe the pots have more of a connection to the big greenhouse lock because we're looking for hours, uh, minutes and seconds. It looks like And the it. tree, maybe, because that's three numbers, uh, has to do with the point, small greenhouse lock. Good point, lock, which we still need to thing. figure out. Like three digit yeah. thing. Uh, so is there a way, do you think, looking at the door lock, to elucidate what it said at any point. No. Okay. It's two, okay. One. Uh, is there anything when we when we start to rotate the digits on the dials of that of the scratched away door lock? Mm-hmm. Do they do they like click? Can we tell when we've gone from one to another? Yes, you can tell when you've gone from one to another. And in fact, if you like, you know, figure out like one what one unique one looks like and go and count them around, there are in fact ten different positions on each dial mm. that so fits the 859 it really does um but we also don't know what color would go to which dial uh that's true we don't know that and we can't tell like we know that there are 10 unique ones but we don't know which one is exactly. one so we'd have to literally try everything hmm. we need some means of doing this we have some tarnished silver stuff two combinations we've got a magpie that likes shiny stuff but is out of reach and has a marker that we might want. We've still got a purple wall. I don't know what to do with purple yeah, water should, wall. Should we, should we try and like experiment a bit with the purple wall? Oh, man. <laughs> can, we stick our hand, can we stick our hand into the water? This is all you. Yeah. I mean, this, this, is, this is Lovecraftian themed. I just dip my face like, in the water. We're going to die in the end. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just dip my face and I see the horror beyond. Okay. You want to stick your face in? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you stick your face in, uh, and at first it feels really cold. And again, there's a, a loud plop sound as you stick your <laughs> head in. Uh, and Danny, you can see that as he sticks his head in, again, the bigger ripples going through the, uh, through mm. the water. Uh, but Bill, as you stick your head in, uh, eventually, after like uh, a couple centimeters, um, it starts feeling dry. And looking around, Ooh. you see there's another copy of the garden there. Oh. Um, oh, wild. Um, with a couple exceptions. The first is is that the purple wall is on the east side of the garden, and the west side yeah, yeah. is now a steel plate. And the second thing is that the plants are all there, but they look um, like they are not overgrown. They're way smaller than they were before, um, with the exception of three plants that you can see pretty easily from your vantage point, one being the apple tree, uh, the second being the mound of plant matter, and the third being the giant Venus flytrap. Uh, the last they are thing, not there. No, they're there, but they're not smaller. They're the, they're the same size. Small. Okay. Um, the last thing that looks different is that the door to the vestibule on this side is closed and apparently locked. Can I just step through and be in this garden completely? Absolutely. Oh, that's wild. Okay. Yeah, have fun in there. Can we communicate <laughs> through this purple wall, or is he just on his own in the death world now? He is on his own in the death world. <laughs> also, for the record, um, at this point, I'm going to start calling these two gardens whatever you call them. Don't take that as confirmation as to whether that's correct or not. So are we sticking with the death world garden? Um, yeah, I think the death garden. The death world? The death, death world, world garden? Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. All so right, so Bill I'm is the in the death world. world. I'm in the cocoa garden. So the apple, the apple tree, 
the mound it's on and the uh, and the Venus flytrap are all the same size, uh, but all the other plants are sort of undergrown. Does that mean yeah. I can look into the big greenhouse? Absolutely. Uh, looking into the big greenhouse, you can see that it is a fairly organized uh, greenhouse. Lots of plants in their in their pots, you know, all, all in nice rows and whatnot. Inside, you can also see a bunch of gardening tools. Um, in um, in particular, too, that you'll notice there is a small trowel and a uh, fairly large axe. <laughs> okay. Um, I have an idea, but I can't communicate with you. About the trowel and the axe? No, but just I have about an idea. stuff in general. Um, first of all, the lock on the big greenhouse, is that the mm-hmm. same? It's the same. Lock on the, what about the lock on the little mm. greenhouse? Yeah. Is that unscratched? Uh, that is unscratched. It looks like a brand <laughs> new, very shiny lock. Um, extremely shiny. Um, the, I got into uh, the past. The three um, dials you know, are a, they'd say, three-digit combination lock, but the dials, uh, the numbers on the first dial are red, the numbers on the second dial are yellow, and the numbers on the third dial are green. And they just go one to ten? Yep. Well, one to zero, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know... I don't know what base these numbers are in. They could be the first <laughs> 10 digits of a base 16 setup. You, you know, Does it go 1 to A? <laughs> something run by me, yeah, you've actually got to check that. I'm a math teacher. Like, that's the thing I would do. See? Yay! I'm um, a maths tutor. Oh, nice. I'm a maths enthusiast. <laughs> um, okay, so, so, the, so it's 1, 2, 3 is red, yellow, green. So ideally, I guess we want to set them like... Five nine eight. Can I set mine to five nine eight? Yep. Does it open? Uh, yeah, it opens. You can take it off. Cool. Can uh, I stick did, my head back into the into the so, living world? So, so oh, sorry, gone. When when that there's happens, a Venus flytrap in there. Um, hey, Danny. Yeah. There's there's no longer a lock on that small greenhouse. What? I've manipulated the living world. Ugh. Welcome to my death world, Mira. You're a creep. Okay. So, well, now I have to I find that pebble that went through the wall and I throw it back at Danny. Uh, Yeah, Danny, there's a pebble coming straight back at you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go on. You were so helpful and now you've ruined it. (laughs) I fog up the glass on my little greenhouse and I write, you suck, and I see if it appears on Danny's little greenhouse. Nothing happens. Damn. (laughs) I've just insulted you myself. You don't have breath in the death world. <laughs> True. Dad, Daddy, please no, no, go on. I, I will clarify. Well, the fogging up happens and you writing it happens. Nothing happens on Danny's side. Ah. Mm. Cool. Okay. So we're now able to get into a living and a dead greenhouse, both with giant Venus flytraps in them. Yep. I'm thinking we probably shouldn't yet. At least not until we get an axe. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, what does the sundial say in my room, in the death world? What uh, does the, the death sun- world sundial say? The moon uh, dial. The sun- no, no, it's sunny. Uh, it says that it's eleven seventeen. <laughs> uh, ooh. ooh, that's different. That's not the same time. Nope. Can I open my door to my vestibule? Yes. With the code eleven seventeen. And you said it within a minute, so yes. Within um... a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you open up the vestibule, and inside. Uh, you see that it looks pretty much like a copy of the vestibule that you came into. You see that there is a box on a table. Uh, there's the no time like the present, and then there's the uh, door on the other side that is 
fairly plain and doesn't look like it has any sort of uh, locking mechanism on it. However, a couple things otherwise have happened. Bill, the glasses that are on your head have vanished. <laughs> Danny, you will notice that in, uh, in your garden, the mm-hmm. dead body has moved. Uh, it suddenly Ugh. disappeared from being in the vestibule. It is now lying underneath the cubby. It's face down on the ground. You can see that there's some bone, broken bones piercing through the skin. And uh, it looks like it's been fairly mangled. It also does not have the glasses on it. Okay, that's messed up. What the is hell there, did you do? Is there still a dead body in my vestibule? No. Is there a living body that says, Hello, I'm Doc Martin. <laughs> no. I'm here to eat you. Nom, 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 nom. Um, if you go towards your cubby. Yeah. Well, see, now the glasses were shiny and silver, so they're, the magpie's going to want them. Well, like, it's right up. under they the... They were shiny. They were shiny. The magpie's going to want them. Hmm. Uh, but now they disappeared. Uh, can I, I go back into my... Oh, actually, I check out my box first. Okay, inside, um, you see, once again, wooden box, easy to open, on table. Um, you will see that it is uh, filled with shiny silver pebbles. Yeah, shiny silver pebbles. I mean, you've got to just repeat everything. Check out the apple tree, climb the apple tree, yep. see if there's a magpie there. There'll be a skull, skull pie. It's, it's, it's a magpie, but it's a skeleton. So... Um, you can, I you head can... back into the main garden. Okay. You, and you walk through the the purple liquid and uh, you will see Danny oh, in the sorry. garden there. Oh, sorry. Hold on. The death wait, garden. Wait, wait. I don't do that. I oh, return to the death world garden. Okay. Is there, a, is there a body under the cubby in the death world garden? No. I climb the apple tree in the death world garden. Mm-hmm. Is I... there a magpie in the cubby in the death world garden? There is a magpie with a nest and a permanent marker. I hold aloft above my head the shiniest of shiny pebbles. Uh, so it looks like it it's hard to get its attention from this horizontal distance. Yeah. I say, hey! Magpie! 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 It turns out <laughs> magpies don't speak English. It's <laughs> 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 worth the shot. Uh, I is there anything else you I should do here? Oh, can I just check out as well? What is the what is the the pots compared to the pots in the real oh, yeah. living world garden? What are the death world garden pots? Uh, like? All, the, all s- the pots are exactly the same, with the exception of the plants in them. For the ones that have plants, are are slightly smaller. Okay, cool. okay. I guess I return with my box of super silvers to mm-hmm. Danny's world. Uh, um, so when when you walk through the wall with the box mm-hmm. of super silvers. Um, the box full of tarnished silvers disappears and all of the tarnished silver pebbles that you threw around in different places disappear. Oh, but we do still have the silver, snazzy silver pebbles? Yep. Cool. Okay. This is a wild <laughs> thing. I also possibly was just thinking, just maybe, m- maybe being silly, maybe not, because, you know, the talking through solutions yeah, things. Yeah. Can you just tell me once again, Bill... Which of those pots had the twelve on it? Oh, you're so silly! Uh, no, it was the um, the middle of the top. Where else does a twelve appear? Middle of the top of something. In a clock. Oh, Do you and there's think twelve of them. That's a that's thing. perfect. So minutes will be what twelve one two minutes or ten minutes. Like if oh yeah, it's ten minutes. Like a real two. human clock. Yeah. Could be. So ten minutes. The hours is 
six because that's the middle of the bottom, which would be the same place as a six on a mm-hmm. on a clock. And then the second fiddle shrub is at six, seven, eight. So what? oh right, sorry, I forgot. I flipped everything apparently. So yeah, my uh, thing, my things are so that's in the eight, wrong places, which is uh, forty seconds. So I guess it could be six hours, ten minutes, and forty seconds. That's a very good idea. Do you want to try zero six one zero four zero on the on the six combo lock on the big greenhouse? Let's give it a go. Death world or living world? Living world. So you go to the living uh, world garden uh, greenhouse, put in six ten forty, and the lock opens. Um, I was doing some thinking while you were wandering around ruining corpses. Well, I have another thought. If we return to the death world, we should do it, but with a flipped mirrored clock because that death world is slightly mirrored. Oh, okay, so my my room would now be appropriate. Yeah, I think. I reckon that's probably what's going to happen, just because the walls have swapped. That's lovely. Um, So... Okay, so what oh, let's, let's see what's in the big greenhouse. Yeah, I was gonna say, I assume you'd like to know what's in the large greenhouse. Yes, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just getting ahead. So all those people listening at home who are like, oh, try it flipped on the other greenhouse. Yeah, you, you idiots. Um, I have I never, I have I never in a room before felt so. Oh my god, I want to do everything at once. <laughs> I can't uh, make decisions. What's in the big greenhouse, Jen? Tell us. So in, in the big greenhouse, uh, the first thing you'll see is that there's uh, again. It's overgrown with plants. You can definitely see that on the inside. And looking at these plants closer up, like inspecting it, you'll notice that like parts of these plants look familiar, but none of the plants as a, as a whole seems any any anywhere familiar to you. In fact, it's almost as if somebody took a bunch of pictures of plants, fed them into a neural network, and then had to generate a bunch of new ones. And this is what came out. <laughs> um, so it looks like you would have trouble identifying these, although maybe some sort of expert or additional resources may help you. Mm. Um, that being said, you do see that there are some gardening tools in here, just like there was in the Death World awesome. uh, greenhouse. Um, there is <laughs> like a trowel stuck with the death and world. an axe. Uh, both of these look like they're a little rusty. Don't worry, I'll get the clean ones from the Death World. <laughs> uh, okay, now that we've seen that, uh, and I wonder if the book is going to help us identify these plants. Could be. Uh, I'm going to return to the Death World, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to the to the lock on the big greenhouse. Yep. And just in case we're being dumb, I first try the same code, 061040. The door opens. Okay, oh. cool. <laughs> yeah, we didn't need to re-complicate it by flipping it. So uh, you can uh, go in, and there are, once again, the small plants. Again, it looks like neural network of plants. Neural network mm-hmm. made plants, not of plants. And, <laughs> and uh, you see there's the gardening tools. Lovely. You want to get the big shiny axe. Yes. And trowel. I, I, I take the, the axe trowel. and the trowel and I cut down all of the plants in this whoa. greenhouse and so, then I return to the living Control world. breaking. Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. What happened? Um, so when you, two things. Uh, the first is, one thing I'll point out with that axe is that axe looks like it is big and unwieldy. It's good for cutting down uh, large things. Um, like apple trees. But not like small details of stuff. And probably okay. not uh, that usable as a weapon, for instance, against a Venus flytrap. Um, the other thing is that when you pick up the shiny axe and the shiny trowel, the other axe and trowel disappear. Nice. Thought that might happen. Okay. I return to the world of the living mm-hmm. with the axe and the trowel. All right. So there's, I mean, there's obviously lots of things we could trowel. Is there anything that you want to have a go at troweling? 
You've got a dead body in your... I, I look at the dead body with the glasses on and I oh, go... Oh, yeah, good point. Well, it doesn't have glasses no, you... on. And I go... Huh. Uh, looking at the dead body, it looks um, exactly the same, except for, obviously, the broken bones, like, jutting out mm. of it. Um, also, oh, yeah, the pocket well. watch is in there, Scared. although the glass on the pocket watch is broken. Oh, no. Oh. What time does the pocket watch say? Uh, let's go with it's still working and says 10.25. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So, yeah, this somehow just changed how she died. Yeah, I guess or she so, fell so out of the cubby. Yeah, the, ma- the magpie murdered her. Yeah, it's a magpie murder. I mean, that that's what I'm getting from this. Ah, uh, not anymore. <laughs> Have we ended up... That's a magpie. <laughs> it's not quite a crow. So we've got lots of still time-related things. We haven't used... Did we end up using the sundial fact that it has specific time? I used it in the... That's true. In the dead you used that one. That one. To get to dead world time. All right. So we've got shiny silver stuff, which we want the magpie's attention. Magpie! Yeah, but it's not paying attention. Mm. I mean, I guess it, we could just try to throw something to it. I mean, we could throw shiny pebbles at a magpie or a shiny trowel. Um, we climb back up to the top of the tree and, I mean, from the tree, can we get to the greenhouse and then get closer to the cubby and then throw something at the magpie? Um. So... You so there's no like flat surface on top of the greenhouse. It's a rounded top, so ah. there's no good place to hurt yourself. Okay, I think you have forgotten that my character is a mountain goat in, uh. in sunglasses. <laughs> no, but so. I, I have I have introduced this in the past with you are not a team of trained acrobats. <laughs> well, you should have said that beforehand because right on my paper right here it says trained acrobat mountain goat. So got it. Uh, okay, so. Uh. Um, and our throwing skills, we rolled poorly on those as well. <laughs> yeah, can't just, yeah. Can we throw a throw a snazzy silver pebble at the at yeah. the magpie's hutch? You throw a silver pebble at the magpie's hutch, and that silver pebble doesn't come. I assume if you're in the tree, you'll see that it, it grabs the pebble and just puts it in its nest. Mm-hmm. Aww, yeah, that's kind of cute, but mm-hmm. it's it's a murderer, Billy. We can't sympathize with it. Oh, it's so cute. Now. I'm really bothered by the loss of these glasses. Oh, sorry. You climbed up the apple tree. One thing you will see when you look in the um, cubby, mm-hmm. uh, you will notice Magpies that the nest the has gained two things. The first is Ooh. a pair of glasses. The mm-hmm. second is a three-digit combination lock. Oh. Inside the nest, just like by itself, not attached to anything? As, as like built into the nest. <laughs> oh, crazy. Uh, I, I, I stand up on top of the tree... And and I and I feel around like I can't see, and I go, "Oh, if only anybody had my glasses! If only a, a helpful magpie had a pair of glasses for me!" And it see is, if it brings me some glasses. It, We've it already clarified already. the <laughs> language that. That's why I'm miming that I can't see. <laughs> oh, that that was the issue that got around the English part. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So the so the magpie will look and be like, "Oh, that poor blind human needs help." Um, so I don't no. know how happy magpies are. I, I will point out that you seem to be able to get really high, or you seem to be able to get really close on the ground. Mm. If you can do both of those at once, that may get you to where you want to be. We can cut down the, green, the the apple tree so it falls onto the wall, and then we can climb up it diagonally. That is possible, man. That's better than my thought. I was thinking, oh great, you can get high by being on the apple tree. <laughs> And I can get close <laughs> by being on the floor. <laughs> Both at once. Quite. Yeah, chopping down an apple tree would probably make more sense. Uh, chopping down an apple tree would be great. However, 
Um, it's the, the, the greenhouse is obstructing the path for it to fall That's down true. that way. And also, you would have a hard time getting between the two of you lifting the apple tree up to put it in the right spot. That is perhaps okay. true. Um, okay. But that apple tree Ooh, does seem like trap. it'd be really useful over there. Hmm. So we need some way to subplant the apple tree. Uh, can we trowel around the base of the apple tree and remove some of the vegetative so mass? You, you start to trowel around the, the apple tree, but remember that that mound of plant matter, some things makes it feel like concrete. And in fact, the trowel, yeah. it feels like it's just dragging against concrete. All it's really doing is dulling the trowel. Hmm. I wonder if like the Venus flytrap could get rid of it. What, move the Venus flytrap so it eats the plant matter oh, yeah, or something? I don't know, just because it's like an organic thing like the apples, like it might actually be able to interact with it. Mm. Um, actually, we haven't we haven't tried to go past that Venus flytrap, have we? We no. unlocked that room. Let's go into that room to see what it does. Oh, maybe uh, it's friendly? Yeah. So you can go like um, two steps into the greenhouse before the Venus flytrap makes it very clear that you're intruding on its territory. Um, mm. but you can walk in maybe like a couple... Uh, Let's not use American measurements. Uh, you can walk good, in about two good. meters before you would uh, <laughs> run into an issue with the Venus flytrap. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a that was a fair choice. Like I assumed that we wouldn't be able to get past it. Yeah, but it's yeah, good it was to worth find a out, try. Maybe it'll be like putting in a friendly Venus flytrap is something I would do. <laughs> maybe just opens its mouth and it's got a ladder in it. <laughs> um, okay, I'm stuck, Danny. What are we doing? Um, let's keep taking a thinkable. No, just do. Okay. Don't think. This is an escape room. Um, I have another hint ghost that I'm just waiting a couple minutes on, but if you think you are ready. Yeah, no, nah, we'll no, keep thinking. we don't thinking. need no hint ghost. Don't be so confident. <laughs> you stay in the dead world, hint ghost. I mean, yes, we are currently in the living world. There are things that we could try. Just like try them again in the dead world and oh, see yeah, what differences the, there were. But the, the tree was still... And the and the Venus flytrap was still big in the yeah. dead world. I'm assuming it's just yeah. as aggressive in the dead world. Yep. And is the apple tree mound as gross and hard? Oh, is it? Yep. Yeah. Does it still cement up to? Okay. okay. Um, what objects haven't we used? So we've still got we us. We used the bone, the broken bones of the dead. It's true. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. So yes. <laughs> dead body. Silver bullets. Yep. We got silver bullets. <laughs> Still trying to deal with the magpie and the Venus flytrap. And we have a trowel and an axe. And the axe we could use possibly to cut a tree down, but that doesn't seem but right. But it will be obvious when we need to. We don't just go around smashing yeah. things. Okay, trowel. Trowel, be useful. Um, you got piles of owls blocking your driveway. Yeah, you got to get owl trowel. Um, okay, so what could we trowel? Trowel, trowel, trowel. Is troweling what we want right now? Maybe not. We haven't done anything with a big metal wall. Yeah, that's true. I did think about the walls, but... What do you do with a metal wall? I wasn't sure. I'm assuming in the dead world, it's just as non-interesting to try and whack the wall and make sound out of it. Correct. The liquid is purple. Does that mean anything? I don't know. I kind of feel like we've used the wall quite a lot. Yeah, so do I. I think it's just a passage to the dead world. Cubby's really high up. Um, I feel like that is what we are up to, and that's what we need to be thinking about. We have a broken Something... pocket watch. That's true. I don't think that matters. Something right. about this apple tree and this cubby. So, oh, so I will, I will add 
You've been calling it the living world and the dead world, but what's actually going on between the two? I think it's the current world and the past world. Yes, that seems to be how it feels. Because the plants aren't as grown, the time was different, things have not gone rusty and scraped. So it seems to be this is back in the 60s when Dr. Martin was writing this book about the weird garden. Or sometime even further past, but it's an old, it's, it's the past world. Okay. That's How does that knowledge help us? Well, what's, what's currently in a certain way that would be better? Do we check out, the, the mound was the same in the past. In Maybe the it's a world. different magpie. Maybe there's no magpie. We checked, there was a magpie. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe this magpie speaks English. <laughs> but it's forgotten yeah. in this long solitude. Uh, table, box, untarnished. Is there something that we need a newer version of? We've got newer versions of the instruments because when we when we grab the newer version, the the or like oh sorry, when we grab the older version, when it was more new. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, when we grab the, the the kind of past versions of objects, the present versions disappear. So, is there anything else we can do that with? Is there anything we need a an a, 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 an undestroyed version of the plants in the greenhouse? I'm assuming if I pick up the less grown plants in the dead world, they it doesn't like change the plants in the in the living world. Oh. If you pick up a little plant from the large greenhouse and bring it into the living world, the corresponding plant in the large greenhouse in the living world will disappear. Okay. Does that mean if I bring the Venus flytrap from no, it's just it's still angry in the in the past. It's- it's also stuck in the ground. Is there yeah. some way that we can like take an apple and use it to grow a new apple tree? Oh, that's wild. If I take a if I go to the into the past and I grab an apple from the tree and I plant it next to the cubby, does it appear in the in the future? Uh it will appear in the living world as an apple tree large enough to climb oh, the cubby. So smart. Oh. oh. Whew. Okay, we have an apple tree. Okay. We want it. We can. Cl- well, we we put it under the cubby so we can climb up to get yes. into the cubby. Yeah. I'm um, presumably it is like. Is that? Here's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Now that there's an apple tree there, surely she wouldn't have died. She would have grabbed the apple tree and climbed down. So maybe she's still alive <laughs> and, the, and the corpse is gone. No, funny story. She's still dead. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, okay. okay. Well, let's let's climb the tree in the in the in the future. Yeah, so you can you can climb the tree um, in the living world and mm-hmm. go up to the cubby, and you are face to face with the magpie. I the bunch of shiny things in the nest. No, you you have to hover one of the shiny silver I hold pebbles. A shiny silver to distract pebble. it. Yes, to distract the magpie, and then I snatch the glasses and I put them on my head. You can snatch the glasses. Um, would you like to grab anything else while you're here? Uh, I look at the three digit lock. It looks like the same lock that was on the small greenhouse. Ah, Can I try the same code that was on the small greenhouse? Well, Well, it's it's not locked, so sure. I grab it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, There was also that marker. Oh, yeah, I take the marker. You can take the marker. What was the marker again? It had something (laughs) written on it. Yeah, so uh, taking a closer look at that marker now, uh, it says glass permanent marker. We'll write on glass and last for 100 years. Ooh. Oh, fun. So I can write in the past 
a message for the future. I don't know how I could also just write in the future, in the in the present. So I don't know how that's going to yeah, help. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to help. Uh, I mean, I guess we could give some sort of warning to Dr. Martin not to die. But I like, don't trust that magpie. I go to the past and on the small greenhouse, I write, don't trust the magpie. <laughs> okay. Um, I write, if you fall, you'll die. Careful. Careful, Doc Martin. You'll fall and die. So when you uh, go back to the, um, to the living world, you will see that right where you've written that on the greenhouse, you'll see that first the ink is just starting to come off on your, on your message. Nice. Um, but the second thing you'll see is spr- scratched really like r- large into the ground are the, is the, are the letters, or this message, I can't read this, magpie stole glasses. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point. Uh, can I take the glasses and just put them on the table in the vestibule of the past? Okay, so you do that, walk away. Danny, I presume you're still in the living world when this happens? Yeah. You will see that there are some changes happen. The first is, is that the uh, body once again moves. It's now in the southeast corner. It looks like it no longer has any broken bones. It's in basically the same kind of position that you saw when you first came into the, into the room. The second thing is that there's no longer the message written on the, scratched out on the ground. Right. Um, but there is the message uh, scratched out. Thanks for the backup. Oh, this is cool. We can communicate. <laughs> okay. Well. I write in marker. On the mm-hmm. on the small greenhouse, please get rid of this dumb Venus flytrap. Uh, so in the back in the living world, you see that there's uh, looks like there's some stuff that was uh, um, scratched out on the ground, but it's now been uh, it looks like it was so detailed and it was um, it's been kind of faded away over time. We needed. Uh, do you reckon she can help us with some sort of identification of the messed up plants? Or would that be too fancy and detailed and we'll need a book Probably for that? Probably too fancy and detailed. Worth a try. We can leave a message that says, what's with the neural plants? What's with the neural plants, I write. Again, it looks like she's trying to respond to you, but mm. the ground is not the best medium for her. Cool, cool. Oh. I I write, please move the, uh, the, 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 the Venus flytrap, and then I leave the marker on the table in the vestibule. There we go. So, uh, you leave the marker in the vestibule, you come back, and you've, you'll find that underneath, on the ground, there is a uh, message. And this is a... Uh, it says, this is a Venusian uh, manhunter. It is uh, mm-hmm. a Venus flytrap, but bigger. It uh, only Its only known predator is cicadas. Um, <laughs> if, you, if cicadas eat it, it won't be able to grow back for a year and a half. Um, looking around, you'll also see that there's a note now on the larger greenhouse. There is a mm. big arrow pointing to one of the plants, saying this plant is famous for harboring cicadas. It has some in there. However, these cicadas are two years from awakening. Interesting. How long do cicadas live? Well, can I grab that plant from the past? Yes. And bring it into the future? Yes. The one in the future now have, disappears. Now is it so what the I right was, time period? Yeah, so I was thinking, I thought that it was the the present tree that had the baby cicadas in it. 
Well, I think it's the same type of tree. But yeah. It always has cicadas. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I was actually thinking of taking some of the cicadas and putting them in the past. <laughs> maybe. And maybe the time difference would help Not, that out. Well, if we does this plant now have, like if we put it near the Venus flytrap, does anything happen? Nope. If I take, if I take it back across the border mm-hmm. into the dead world, does anything, yeah. does it reappear old in the living world? Uh, when you put it down in the dead world, it will reappear in the living world. How are the cicadas now? Uh, I mean, you can dig in a little bit with your trowel, and oh uh, yeah, that helps. Uh, you will see that. Um, uh, I mean, they're there, but they're um, little babies. Yeah, they're um, hibernating or whatever the actual official mm. cicada word is. Okay. How do I work out this time difference? If I take that just the cicadas is. into the future, do they do anything? No. <laughs> I'm so confused about which world we're in now. Yeah, true. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, which, yeah. if you're going from the dead world to the living world taking cicadas, nothing happens. Okay, if we go... Okay, say we're in the dead world. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm in the past. Yep. And I use the trowel. Let's start saying past and present. Okay. Uh, okay. I, okay, I'm in the past and I use the trowel to dig into the plant. Are there cicadas in there? Uh, yes. And they're dormant? Yes. And if I take those cicadas into the present, does anything happen to those cicadas? Uh, the cicadas in the present will... Um, will disappear. Oh. Okay. And I've now just got like a handful of dormant past yes. cicadas in my hand. Okay. How do we... Like, I don't know what the difference... I go back in, I go back to the past. Mm-hmm. No, I can't really ask like what year is it because I don't know when the responses are coming from. You, ha- you uh, already have a clue as to what year it is. Do I? The sundial? That doesn't help. Where do we see the year? Oh, we know when the books came out? Huh? Oh. You do know that oh, the, oh. the book came out in 1969. So we think it's 1969 probably? I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I, I wasn't thinking about the year. But... What happens if we take the... Also, the, the um, texter, the, the marker, oh, lasts, so 100 lasts 100 years, years and it's just starting to peel. Ah, okay. So maybe that's it? Hmm. So we're going into the past even further back than when she was writing the book. Fair enough. What happens if we take uh, the the tree from the present, from the mm-hmm. living world present, that sure. has the cicadas in it, and we take that into the past? Okay. So you take that into the past. You can go look in the present, and you will see that um, uh, there's a new message pointing to where you put the... The message now, instead of pointing to where you took the cicadas from in the, uh, from the first place, it's now pointing to where you placed the cicadas um, on, the, on the new go-around. Um, and mm-hmm. now, instead of saying that they're two years dormant, they're four years dormant. Four mm-hmm. years dormant. I'm sure there's a way to work this out that is very easy, but it's I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused. There is the math way of solving this and the not-as-heavy math way of solving this. If we do exactly the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. one, let's we'll, just try we'll one more. Ahead. Let's just try one more time. Sure. So take some of the new cicadas back to the past and do exactly the same thing. Replant that tree in you'll, the past. You'll see that it has exactly the same, uh, but this time it says six years. Okay. Well, presumably at some point that's gonna. I don't know the dormancy, like. If it's going to happen, oh, it's going to happen in two years, it's going to happen in four years, it's going to happen eventually it'll like loop back around again to it's happening now. So let's try again. Should we just, well, we can just leave a message that says how long are they dormant, how long are cicadas dormant? Oh, that's true. We can just try again until it happens. 
Um, so you can you can leave the message, and she will say seventeen years. Okay. Well, we can never quite get to seventeen. Can no, we? that's awkward. There's always okay. even going up by two. All right, we can soon think about a good way of doing this. I'm sure. Oh, hold on. Yeah. I'm just. So it's now currently six years. Yes. What happens if we take the plant from the past back into the future? Does it just go down to four years? If you take it from the past back to the future, the plant disappears in in the present. If you take it from the past, go to the present. The plant disappears in the present and all the messages disappear. Mm. Okay. God, it's confusing. <laughs> I'm time travel. I tried writing a time oh, travel room just, and it was no, hard. We can just keep doing it until we hit 32. Why 32? Because that's a multiple of, not say, oh, not 32, what, uh, 34. Mm-hmm. That's a multiple of 17 years. So then they'll be, they'll okay. be undormant. So let's just do that's it over and over again fair. until the addition of two years every time gets us to 34, which would therefore mean currently undormant, right? Okay. It's a multiple of 17. So you can keep doing it. And in fact, um, uh, you don't need to do it nearly as much as 34. Um, after the sixth total time of bringing them around, um, you will see that... Uh, where are you leaving these plants, by the way? Oh, I don't know. Right next to the uh, to the Venus flytrap. Oh, Venus what? Trap. Really? Oh, okay. So as soon as it gets, it'll eat the Venus flytrap. Oh, okay. Oh, because yeah. it lies... Because once it eats, it doesn't grow for a year and a half. Oh, yeah, of course. So maybe that helps. So you leave it by the Venus flytrap, and after the, the sixth time around... Um, you'll see that the uh, Venus flytrap looks significantly smaller. And in fact, you can walk around the edges of the greenhouse without it bothering you. Yeah. Clever. Awesome. What is the math? I wasn't thinking about them, you know, being independent creatures that could act of their own free will. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's fun, fun modular arithmetic. Yeah, we'll we'll go through it in the post show. Um, Let's walk around and grab this book. Let's walk walk around Mm. and grab the book. Hey, you know that handout you have in your email? Yay. All right. Okay. So we've got. You on, can fine. do the reading. Uh, I'll start having. Yeah, I'll start having a read while you try to find it, and you can oh. read the next part. Okay. So the important parts that we found seem to be a bit ritualistic. It says ritual handout. We have some information about the plant wall. This wall is impenetrable by any known means. However, it requires constant feeding of plant matter. An everlasting plant that can produce edible matter is the easiest way to make sure that the wall is fed. If it is not being actively fed, it will slowly decompose. And then there's a ritual page with some instructions on how to create a plant wall, but they're a bit intense. So before I read the next bit, I'm assuming my next step after this is to go back to the past, chop down the cherry tree. Uh, and <laughs> cherry tree. Yeah. Yep. And uh, uh, not tell any lies. Uh, and then by the time we get to the future, that plant wall will be gone. Like the thing that the mound will could be gone be, could be. because yeah. we'll, we'll have gotten rid of the tree yeah. that's keeping it alive. But I'm going to read about a time portal. You can create a time portal to any point in the past or the future. There are a few restrictions to these portals. The portal must be on solid steel at both the target time and the current time. So I guess it's a steel wall. The portal must be near a time flower. If the time flower is ever uprooted, all portals it is powering cease to exist at all times. Mm -hmm. A plant wall is suggested to make sure that it is not touched. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Warning. Time flowers have a tendency to lock and unlock doors and windows on a whim. Do not (laughs) try to understand the whims of the time flower. In that way lies only madness. (laughs) If you ever kill the time flower, it will die in all times it has ever existed. 
That means that if you kill a time flower in any time, you kill it in all times. A time flower can power any number of portals. Hmm. The ritual page notes instructions for creating a time portal. You believe you can follow them precisely and can use them to create a time portal to any point you want. Well, now, I feel like that leaves us with a dilemma because we can destroy time portals. We have the power to destroy the time portals and possibly unlock our door, or we could possibly create our own time portal. True. And I don't know which one I want to do. Well, I think what we should do... My, here's my plan. I say what we do is we go back into the past, mm-hmm. use the axe to cut down the tree so the plant wall will disappear. Then, on the greenhouse wall, we write a big note that says, please do not touch this time flower, very important, so that I don't get stuck halfway Ooh. and die forever. Then we come back to the present, kill the time flower, and then leave. That's my plan. Because the time flower has locked our door. Now, that's I don't know what that's, what that's going to do to Doc Martin. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking about. Because it's gonna, well, she'll probably die in whatever way she died before. Because we've taken away all of our changes. But let's let's uh, let Jen describe that for us. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what's going on. Uh, so I, that's my plan. That's what I want to do. Well, I feel like we can start making some steps to that. Okay, let's so make sure that you have your marker. I, okay, I take the marker and I take the axe. Mm-hmm. Yep. I return to the past slash death world. Okay. I use said axe to destroy this apple tree. I cut it up. I cut the, I stump it. Okay. I now, on the, on the glass wall above mm. where this mound is, I write, caution, please do not kill this time flower. I may get stuck in time. Thank you, smiley face. Okay. <laughs> I then return to the, to the present Hopefully. slash life world. So when you return to the present, uh, you will see that the mound of plant matter uh, has um, decreased in size by half. By half. That's okay. No, I make a new time portal. (laughs) Okay. I make a new time portal to 200 years in the past. Yeah, that's fair. So you go to make a time portal 200 years in the past, and it doesn't appear to work. Um, Looking at the book as to why it would not work, uh, you see that it uh, very likely there is not a steel wall there in the past. Oh, but I could have then got rid of it. I like your idea, though. Okay. I go 199 years in the past. (laughs) (laughs) We can wait a year. So, okay, so getting rid of the tree stopped giving it matter, but it's still... It's only half gone. So I'm assuming we can't like get in uh, into it, right? It's not gone enough that we can... Mm. So we need to get f- have it deteriorate faster. How do we do that? We can make things get older by taking the old version and putting it into the past, right? Mm. But, mm. but we can't move it, so we can't like take it into the past, so it's now, you know, half destroyed and then re-destroy it. Like that doesn't... That, we can't make that work. Hmm. 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 Oh, what do we need to do? Because, yeah, I got rid of the tree that was That's so close. Was feeding the wall, and it's now half gone. So mm-hmm. with 100 years of not being fed. Oh, come on, there's some logic. So, yeah, this is just a logic thing yeah, I'm yeah. missing. Yeah. You, you had a very good instinct, which was, I'm going to go 200 years in the past because I can create a time mm-hmm. portal, right? That's yeah. one We just need the practicalities. Ooh. But you can't go that far in the past. Oh, uh, we oh, should I go, go f- to the future. Oh, I but think we, we can just destroy g- it and then come back to the past. And it destroys yeah, it. Yeah, because it destroys Ooh. it in all times. So let's, but then can we come back? Yeah, because let's set up a, a thing on the right wall Yeah, that is goes another 100 years into the future. 
So you create a new portal that goes 100 years in the future. Uh, when you step through, you enter another copy of the garden, but this one looks horrific. Most of the plants are dead and shriveled up, and the sky above has turned a sickly red. You hear a large cry, and a horrifying large creature soars above the glass, oblivious to the garden beneath you. The only plant that is left is a small dandelion where the mound of plant matter was before. Let's take that dandelion back to the past, or just kill it now and then go back to the past. Wait, can we go back to the past? Well, we've got a portal that goes from where we from the present to this time, a hundred years in the future. Yeah. So we could jump back through it into the what is our present. But if we destroy the time flower, how? Yeah, can we like use the? Can we dig up the time flower, keeping it alive long enough to take it back to the present? Uh, yeah, you have a trowel. Okay. Cool. We trowel it up with our rusty trowel, mm-hmm. uh, and we and we bring. Actually, no, it's a it's a snazzy trowel. We brought it yeah. with us. So we 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 dig it up so that it's still alive, and we okay. jump back through the time portal to the present. Got it. Then we eat it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you take a bite into it, and all of a sudden, you find yourself back in your hotel room. You're sitting oh. in bed, and you're holding a book. It's the Eldritch Garden, only it's much thicker than you remember it being. Turning to the end, you notice there's a whole new section <gasps> of the book. Now the part after the protagonist goes into the garden has been written. The story describes the fearless botanist as she talks with messages that are being written on walls, identifying plants for some unknown persons for a purpose she doesn't quite understand. All throughout the story, she also describes her battle with a ferocious magpie who keeps trying to steal both pairs of glasses. In the end, the protagonist sees the door unlock as the garden falls to pieces in front of her, realizing that she played only a smaller part in some big battle that she can't possibly understand. Turning to your suitcase you find that there are piles of books written by Dr. Martin that you've never seen before. It sounds like you've got some fun reading ahead of you. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that was great. We did it. I love it. 